Welcome to Equip, tools for navigating real life. Welcome to the Equip Podcast by Arise Ministries. I'm Kim Heineke, and I'm here with Pam Keneally. Arise Ministries exists to empower single mothers to create healthy homes. And our podcast, we like just to get together and talk about topics that are pertinent to single mothers and things that might be on your heart, things that we've struggled with or dealt with as we've had our own single mother days, and now we're both remarried, so we have blended family things to talk about. But we're just going to be talking about friendships today. Now, your kids and their friends. I know it can be tricky to help your child learn how to make friends or to navigate those friendships as they get older. Pam and I both have some stories that we might share and some stories that we don't want to share probably. (laughs) So we thought we would just have a little conversation today about our own experiences raising kids and give you some very practical things to think about as you navigate this world of your children and their friendships because that can be a little a little dicey at yes, times. It can. it can be really fun, but yes. it can also present some challenges. Mm-hmm. So we welcome you to our podcast. Listen, as you are listening to this, if you hear something that you think, wow, that really touches me or that really speaks to me, we would love it if you would drop us a note. Sure. In, yeah. Info at ariseministries.net or leave us a comment on social media or share this with a friend because we, we really love hearing how your Um, how your life is impacted by the topics and conversations that we have. So we would love to hear from you. So as we get started today, Pam, talking about kids and their friendships, I just want to ask you personally to tell me about a special friendship that you had growing up. You know what? I had several, but one that stands out particular, her name was Beth, and she didn't live too far from me, close enough I could walk to her house. And our parents knew one another, and we had lots in common. It was fun to spend the night with her, but the best part was her mother. <laughs> they had the best snacks. At their oh, that's house. funny. I think I've told that before. I told you that before. You'd go in the kitchen, and there would just you, there wouldn't just be one box of cookies. Uh, her mother had like tried every brand possible. It was just fun being at her house. We just had fun. Her name was Beth. So that's one friend that comes to mind. I love that. Yeah. How about you? Well, I had a very best friend from kindergarten and her name was Kim. I think wow. in our kindergarten class, there were 10 girls and 10 boys and five of us were named Kim. Oh my, that poor teacher. I know. Kim I H, know. Kim Z, Kim yes, X. Kim. <laughs> yes. I could name them all for yeah. you. But Kim was my very first friend and she is still to this day a friend mm-hmm. of mine. We don't we don't get together a lot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I know that, you know, she'll text me on my birthday or whatever. Sure. But um, same kind of thing, which is funny that you said that, because Kim had a very different family than we did. At the time when I remember meeting Kim, my family was kind of breaking up. We just, her dad was president of the bank and they had it all together. That and it was just, best. yes, mm-hmm. it just looked very, very mm-hmm. different. And when I would go to Kim's house, they always had like soda. Like we never had soda, right, right. and they had good snacks. Yes. You know, like we had bugles and and like all the all the fun snacks that we just didn't have. That at your home, mother so. wouldn't buy, couldn't buy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But she was just a special friend to me because growing up, she was the person who didn't make me feel like my family was different, mm-hmm. and she just she was a constant for me. And we were a lot alike. And she, we grew up and both became believers, and mm-hmm. just a real, That's just beautiful. a real mm-hmm. special friendship to mm-hmm. me. So. Um, I love that. You know, I know that friends are important, and we can agree about that. Mm-hmm. And as adults, you and I have special friends the same way, and, and maybe very much like our childhood friends mm-hmm. that we think fondly about. 
But those are the ladies that encourage us and make us better. I, I can say that you are a very trusted friend to me. Even before we sit down to this podcast, you and I often spend 15 or 20 minutes just sharing what's going on in our life, and I always leave here feeling encouraged. And it really has Thank nothing you. to do with what we say on this podcast. <laughs> you know, it's, it's the private moments that we have together. So friendships are important. Those of you that are listening, you know if you have a special friend that you say, mm-hmm. that's the person that I go to. That's the person that encourages me and just makes me better. So um, just to kick us off, Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. Mm, I love that. Iron sharpens iron. One woman sharpens, sharpens another. another. One mm-hmm. mom sharpens another. Mm-hmm. One believer sharpens another. So what we want to talk about today is ways that we can lead our children to the same kind of healthy, godly relationships that you and I enjoy with other women. Um, just those friendships that are honoring to him, that make us better, that don't bring us down. So so that's kind of the basis of what we're going to talk about today. I love that. I want to mention up front, I read an article by Tim Kimmel, who's the executive director of Family Matters. So some of the comments and some of the little bullet points that I wrote down today come from his article. It's just a He's a really good writer. He is He's wonderful. A, a great writer yeah. there about children. So let me start by asking this. And those of you that are listening, I want you to think about it as well. What are some common concerns that moms have about kids and their friendships? Can you think of anything? There's a lot of them. You know, what comes to mind is a lot of moms fear that their children won't have friends. Yeah. Or their their kids are awkward around friends mm-hmm. or, or that they won't have any. Or, or um, a lot of moms fear that they're you know kids won't choose good friends they don't know how right. to choose good friends and that's very a very scary thing and you know i just want to say up front before we continue this podcast that that as kim and i talked this morning early and then we talked again before we did this podcast that we just want you to know that we are not coming today talking about your kids and friends because our we did it so well and our kids were such modeling wonderful <laughs> examples that it's easy for us to talk about to be honest this is a difficult topic yeah. even for us to talk about today because we wrestled as mothers and still are in different ways that um because we can't you can't our kids aren't puppets. We can't make them do what we want them to do. So mm-hmm. if in any way today you're wrestling with your child making good friends or don't know how or maybe maybe they're not the good friend or whatever, please know we understand. Yes. And we are we are we're just searching out what's best just like you are. So you come to this podcast always knowing that we we're, we're in the journey with you. I love that. And, so, and I want to say I appreciate you saying that up front because you and I have agreed. We're not here to say, oh, look, this is how you do it. We did it all right. Yes. I did not mm-hmm, do mm-hmm, it all right. Mm-hmm. But truth is truth, no matter how you slice it up. And we're just here to share what we know to be true and how we know it. Yes. And so. and just our bottom line is that we know that positive friendships are an important part of the journey to healthy adulthood so yeah together let's try to figure out and give these moms some tips because we certainly we have it. some so <laughs> surely we can do this so you know i just mentioned the fear that they wouldn't have kids or that they wouldn't choose good friends um you know yeah. these might be some that um, first thing that comes to mind yeah no i i agree and, and you think about it like when they're younger if you are listening and you have kids that are three four five six you know even seven they're they're very young kids these are just these are just playmates. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're not really old enough to develop really deep relationships. I mean, I did meet my friend Kim when we were in kindergarten, so we were five and six years old. Mm-hmm. But it was just proximity that that continued to keep us friends. We were just in the same class together. Sure. But not until we were maybe middle school did we really 
solidify that mm-hmm. as this is going to be a lifelong friend. We have some real real things in common. Elementary school, that's when they're beginning to make some real friendships. And that's when it really starts to to kind of click with them, like this is a person that I like. Mm-hmm. And then as they get into their preteen years, you know, as a preteen, they're going to start to care more about what their friends think mm-hmm. than what their parents think. Or that's going to be the, the idea. that sure. They're going to care a lot about what their friends mm-hmm. think. And they're going to start wanting to identify with a friend group at that age. So, yeah. Um, what about this? Like, what wisdom can we give our, our moms of younger kids who are worried that their friends, that their kids don't have any friends? Let's just speak to the younger group before we get to the teenage bit. Right. Well, first of all, you know, I just say don't. Don't panic, you know, yes. just because you had friends when you were three, you know, or four or right. five, and, right. you know, you were a queen of the preschool, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, don't, don't panic. Um, children develop into their awareness for friends and their awareness of who they are and how the world relates around them in different ways. So that comes at different times. Mm-hmm. And so I just say don't panic. Kids' social skills and development, they, they come at different rates. And, you know, so do you have an example yeah. with one of your kids well, in I'm this th- area? Well, I'm thinking about that. I'm thinking my oldest son, he's pretty introverted. And it doesn't mean that he's weird and awkward or shy. He just really enjoys being alone and I'm very much like that Mm -hmm. but I can remember a few times you know saying to him you know honey what's the matter like don't you want to have somebody over or don't you want to play with so-and-so or don't you want to and finally I remember him saying mom I'm fine I'm fine I just because I don't want to go play with somebody doesn't mean I'm sad or lonely or messed up or wrong with me or something's wrong with him I had kind of tried to make him into something different Mm -hmm. make him a little bit more social to the point where I was making him feel anxious about his introvertedness Mm -hmm. and so we look around at all these other moms and all these kids that are in you know a billion sports and they're in show choir and they're in they're just they're in everything and then we measure our own kids against everyone else's activity and it can make you feel like well what if my kid's falling behind I mean sports is a perfect example of that like if your kid is not playing competitive soccer at age five mm-hmm. you know he's washed up sure, or, sure. or whatever so it's just real easy to look at everybody else and measure well their kid has five friends but my kid doesn't have any but just what you said everybody develops a little bit differently yes yes um you know there's something else that we could do like moms of younger children any children but it, but definitely start this when they're younger is teach them how to ask good questions riding in the car to lacrosse one day six months ago I noticed that my my son who was 11 he just dominated the conversation like he didn't we were carpooling and he Mm -hmm. didn't really let this other friend talk and then there were some times where it was just like complete silence so I spent some time saying hey here's what a conversation looks like Mm -hmm. you can ask him questions like this did you do anything fun this weekend Um, what are you most looking forward to about our season of lacrosse? Just teach them how to ask open-ended questions that Mm -hmm. lets the other person share a little bit about themselves. And then that endears you to someone. People like to talk about themselves. And so if you teach your kids how to engage in conversation, that's really an important skill in building friendships. And you know what? It it is especially important at this age, young age, because they are going to grow into the junior high, high school years where they where they fall into the social media Mm -hmm. communication, the digital world so much that they don't know how to communicate and ask questions, which is a whole other topic for a whole other podcast. That's so true. So we start teaching them early to ask questions, to integrate, to 
to uh, develop that conversation. So I, I like what you said. Yeah, it's just a, it's just a good life skill. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if your little kids, if you feel like they're not making friends very well or they don't play well together with friends, what I've had to do with some of my younger boys when they did have a friend over is to really guide them in coming up with something, something fun to do. To do. Mm-hmm. That sounds so easy because you and I, when we had friends over, we played with dolls, we dressed our Barbies. Sure. You know, we did those things because we didn't have a video game. We didn't have friends to play with online. Yeah, Bass Mother did need to tell us what to do. Right, right. <laughs> well, th- they did. They said, go outside. Yes, yeah. You know, or something mm-hmm. like that. But, you know, one of the things that you can do with your young kids is guide them, help them figure out what to do. When my youngest son has a friend over, I might let him have screen time for a tiny little bit. And then I will say, hey, guys, go outside and kick a soccer ball or go go shoot hoops or go jump on the trampoline mm-hmm. or go ride bikes and it seems really like oh of course they know how to do that but they don't they don't because mm-hmm. they're many, they're children many mm-hmm. children are spending too much time mm-hmm. on screen so sure. they don't know how mm-hmm. to figure things mm-hmm. out so those are little things that you can do to help them foster some friendships like there sure i love that you know and and like we said as kids get older preteen into teenage years they do start to care more about what their friends think and they want to identify with a peer group so and there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing i'm so glad you said that development is to identify with the peer group this is a good thing yes totally totally normal Mm -hmm. now i i think this is true some single moms can be threatened by that yes because you it's just you as the adult at home Mm -hmm. and you so want this this 10-year-old who's been so tender to you and so loving and kind, you want them to be your best friend. And when they start pulling away, pulling away, mm-hmm. then you just chase them. You feel threatened. Uh-huh. You feel threatened mm-hmm. and you chase them. Mm-hmm. And then you, you confide in them even more. So mm-hmm. they'll it's come just, back to you. It's, uh-huh. Y'all, don't do that. Yes. That we can have a whole other discussion about be your child's best parent, not mm-hmm. their best friend. Because mm-hmm. this role of friends is not designed for you mm-hmm. as the mom until they are adults, mm-hmm. really. Yes. The, the relationship begins to change, but you are not mm-hmm. to be the best friend. Mm-hmm. It that. is a very, very, very important part. Like I said earlier, of their journey, they need that sense of belonging and associating and being valued by somebody else outside the home. They, they, they have to have an outlet to experiment with different roles and identities, and and it's got to happen outside of their relationship with their mama. Mm-hmm. And let it happen now while your eye can be on them versus yeah. hang on so tight and they break away on their own in high school or you know and then you there you can't see them at all. So you know um, let because them, let them seen, break away. Yeah, I, I've seen. This was not true for me, but I have seen teenage boys feel responsible for their mother. Yes. And that puts such a burden and Mm -hmm. such a weight Mm -hmm. on them. Mm -hmm. And and if that has been you, if you've had that tendency, I think I would caution you just to let go a little bit, Mm -hmm. let go a little bit and let them don't put that on them. Yes. It's a burden they're not designed to carry. And I just want to say, you know, to the single mom, and it's hurtful to think, but I just want you to write it down if you have to, but your child is not responsible for your happiness. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard because for many of a few single moms, it was for me for a long time, my kids were my happiness. Right. I mean, there wasn't any, one coming from anybody else. Right. But then for me to put the pressure on them that I'm not happy because they need to make, they need to make me happy, you know, it's, it's a very unfair, heavy thing to put on them and it 
will backfire. Yeah. So examine your heart and just ask God to show you what's true. That's good. That. So, so if we agree that we're going to steer them toward good friends in those preteen, teenage years, what are some real practical things that moms can do? Mm-hmm. This is really good. Well, first of all, it's great to get to know the kids. Yeah. You know, get to know the kids if you can. Get to know their parents. Yep. Uh, find out a little bit about them. I don't know if it's comfortable. I know this, we're talking to single moms. You work. That's hard to do. But maybe, you know, um, ask a mom or whatever, you know, if y'all could meet for for lunch or, or mm-hmm. I don't know, just something that you might could integrate and get to know the mom a little bit. Um, look for opportunities uh, to be in right places, yeah, you know, like sports or church or families of like-minded values. That's good. This helps steer them toward good friends. Um, it just gives them the opportunity to see a different group of friends. Yes. So your your kid may be making great choices with friends. You may not even have any concerns here, mm-hmm. and that speaks a lot to you. Yes, you know? it does. It does. Um, and your your kids may also be gravitating toward someone that you think oh I'm not really sure about that mm-hmm, person and then mm-hmm. just what you say like get to know them mm-hmm. get to know that person I used to cook dinner for I'm not saying everybody can do this because it did become ridiculously expensive but you know I used to cook dinner for like 10 to 15 sometimes 20 high school boys on Wednesday night before they would go to church and come to my house after football um, and I did it just so that I could see them interact mm-hmm. with their friends and just so that they could see that my boys have a mama mm-hmm. and she's nice despite what they tell yeah <laughs> what they tell her <laughs> them yeah but you know just it's just you putting in a little bit of effort asking good questions mm-hmm. and being available mm-hmm. I know that you're tired I know that you're worn out and it's real easy to just let kids disappear off into their room you know with with their friends but I'm telling you there's great value in saying I made some popcorn. You guys come on in here. And then you you talk to him for a few minutes and you Mm -hmm. ask fun questions and you just be visible. Yes. You know, and it does does help. Yeah. And I like what you said because you just, you just modeled what I'm going to say. Yeah. And that is about um, kids, you know, like to wake up to a passionate mom. They like Mm -hmm. to wake up to a mom that's positive. I know that's hard because you're going, oh, I've just been, I've blown it. It's never too late to correct it. So just turn, just listen well. And, um, but they like, they when they wake up to a passionate mom it it's helpful and helps set the tone of the home it helps set the atmosphere for them as they start to walk out because once you set the tone of what it looks like then they recognize when they step out the house out of the house what it doesn't look like right and they like the other better right they like the positive tone better you know this sounds like a churchy sunday school answer but this is what is true we have got to be praying for our children to have wisdom in the friends that they choose, and we have got to be praying that they have a spiritual passion about them that leads them to the right friend. Mm-hmm. And I've just, I mean, I have four boys, and so I have more experience with that than I wish I did. You know, there have been times where I have failed to really ask God to bring the right friends, and I've been, you know, just maybe quick to be negative about something, but prayer does change things. It does. And if you start when they are younger, praying for God to bring them godly friends that will sharpen them mm-hmm. and then and reinforce those friendships when they have them. You yes. know, when when my kids bring home friends that I think this is somebody that really makes this friend better, or, you know, makes my kid better. 
I don't say things like, that's a friend that really makes you better. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I might say, because that's like, that doesn't go anywhere. But I might ask good questions and communicate with your kid. You know, like, hey, Sam, I liked that kid. What do you like about him? Mm -hmm. And get them to verbalize what they like about Mm -hmm. him. It kind of, you know, we repeat the behavior. What is it that we repeat the behavior that's reinforced Mm -hmm. or something like that? I mean. Some doctor so and so said, I don't know. Probably Doctor Phil. I don't know. I don't listen to him. But um, yeah, just just learning to ask good questions, you know, with with your kids, training them to do that. James one five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Until our kids understand how to pray for wisdom and friendships, we can do that for That's them. That's right. We can pray that God would give them wisdom. Yes, I love that the. the biggest word in that verse and we've we've heard it forever in James 1 5 if any of you likes wisdom hello that's all of us all of us hello but let him ask of God we know that but he gives generously yes and that that generously is what I I can give many many examples in my poor parenting experiences thoughts in the past how in prayer God has given to me generously to do Mm -hmm. this or to say that or to guide me here um generously I just love that word because Girlfriends, we all need it generously. You know for what I'm saying? Sure. So um, I love that word. Thanks for bringing up that scripture. Yeah. Here, here's, a, here's another question. Let's talk about how can we equip our kids to evaluate a friendship? And we did sort of talk about that. And you talked about, you know, modeling it for them. I, I tell my kids all the time, like, look around at my friends. My friends truly are amazing. Mm-hmm. I do not have friends who bash their husbands or don't believe in their children or who do squirrely stuff. I do not run around with people like that. Uh And so let your kids see these are the kind of friends that I've chosen for myself. And this is how they make me better. Yes. And and when they see you being better, you know, Mm -hmm. they want that themselves. So model it for them. You know, I like to think sometimes, sometimes kids, they know, they know when they don't have, they know when they have a bad friend, but they're not sure why. Yes. And so sometimes you have to spell out what makes a bad friend. Like they, you know, um, I guess what comes to mind, and I'm thinking about my granddaughter who's now <clears throat> um, uh, in college, her first year in college. And, oh, my goodness, we just went through a couple of years. Oh, I was just exhausted over these toxic friends yeah. that yeah. were around her. and. and but she couldn't quite identify why. And I was just like, okay, number one, they talk bad about you. Number two, yeah. they take advantage of you. Number three, they're trying to pressure you to do the things you don't want to do. Number four, they constantly judge you. Number five, they put you down. I mean, I just, yeah. you know, number six, they, you know, they hold grudges. Number seven, they're never there when you need them. I mean, I just could go on. So yeah. sometimes you have to help them see. That's good. Why they're not being a good friend? They can't. They can't see it. Yeah, you have that's to help good. them. You know, I read. I read an article. It was talking about the thread test. Like, stay with me on this. Take a little spool of thread, colored thread, cut off maybe an inch, and show it to your child and say, "What color is this?" You know, and sometimes it's really hard to mm-hmm, tell. I is would that think so? Is that navy? Is that black? Is that brown? Is mm-hmm. that dark green? Like, what is that? And then when they guess and you show them this whole spool of thread and it's easy to see what color it is. Mm-hmm. But the idea is to to demonstrate to your kids, you might just be seeing one little part 
I and, love that. And so, but you have to look at the whole picture. picture. This friend may be fun at times, mm-hmm. just like you're saying, but the whole picture says she's talking about you. She doesn't have your back. She's a bad spool. She's a bad spool. <laughs> Preach it. <laughs> oh, that's a good oh, one. Oh, I know. Well, let's put it this way. She, it's a, she needs Jesus. She needs spool, Jesus. What We're she all is. broken. We're all broken. You know, I love that. And it reminds me, Proverbs thirteen twenty says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise. Yes. So, you know, I know as for me, um, um, I feel like I'm wiser when I walk with people that are wise. Yeah, and that's, that's a, true. Again, that's accountability thing. So uh, the iron sharpening the dull here. Yeah, that's Hello. good. So. That's good. With my, with my sons that are young adult age, you know, you have different conversations with a, a 22-year-old than you do a 10-year-old or a, a 9-year-old. Like I wouldn't say to my 9-year-old, um, let's evaluate the kind of friend this person is. You know, just would they would look at you like, what? Can I have an ice cream or whatever? Right. But with my older kids, you can use words like when they're telling me a story, something recent comes to mind. And we had a conversation that was pretty much, is this an asset friend to you or is this a liability friend? I'm not saying you can't be friends with them, but mm-hmm. you better know what kind of friend that is. Is this a person that's making me better or is this a person who is literally putting me at risk. Mm-hmm. I might like him, might want to have lunch with him every Tuesday, but do I want to be like him? No. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I have to pay attention. So you can use words like that. Help your children develop a vocabulary that says, is this an asset friend or is this a liability friend? Because mm-hmm. you're really one or the other. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're just one or the other. Mm-hmm. So I like that. I do like that. that that's a, a great point. Um, you know, and then like we said before, just... Um, just ask good questions, and I think yeah. you've kind of mentioned that too. And uh, these are all also good. And I just want to say too, if you are just tuning in, and and I just say this to Kim that I always marvel at so many examples she uses with her children because um, they're just so, they're just incredibly insightful. And I know God gives that to you. Yeah, but I just appreciate. I you do sharing wish that she had us. given me some of those sooner. <laughs> I know, somewhat <laughs> like years ago, but that's like okay. Ten years ago, that's okay. We can share it today, and our we can and, share it and today. our audience is glad. That's so right. That's awesome. That's right. All right, let's move on. What are some mistakes? Here's the part we don't like to talk about. This is where you and I decide whether we want to rip up our mm-hmm. notes here mm-hmm. or just be vulnerable. What are some mistakes that parents make when they think? that their child may have a friend that's a little bit dangerous or n- maybe not even a friend because truly I'm I'm not here to say there's bad kids. Yes. There's some immature character yes. and there's some there's a lot of growing up that has to do. But your child may be faced with a situation where you think that friendship may be a bit of a liability to mm-hmm. him. But until that friend grows up, this may be a, a liability to him. So what are some mistakes that parents often make? Well, you know, sometimes as a single mom, I can tell you right now, she's exhausted. She's already worked two jobs, come home, done the laundry, gotten ready, and she's going to bring up, you know, she's going to mention something or try to be clever or wise about friends <laughs> and get into another World War II in the house. Yes. You know, and so what might happen to avoid it is she just avoids it because she just can't take yeah. one more blow up or hurtful thing. And it's just, I get that. You know, so you just let it go. You just let it go because it's just too hurtful to deal yeah. with it. And so, you don't know what to do. And there, you can't fix it. Yeah. So why bring it up? That's you just, hard. You just go pray about it instead. And that's good too. But, um, but sometimes ignoring it is really just as bad as overreacting. Yes. I mean, and we, I, I'll tell you, mm-hmm. I had a tendency to overreact. Mm-hmm. I would 
I mean, I, yeah, I just think I didn't always handle it well. There might have been people that I wasn't crazy about. And it wasn't that I was not crazy about a particular friend because, honestly, I liked most of them. I just didn't always like the way my kid handled his responsibility and his integrity or whatever um, when he was with them. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, maybe together they they didn't make the best mix, but individually actually loved them both, mm-hmm. you yeah. know, if that makes any sense. So often moms will bash the other friend, and I can tell you from firsthand experience, that does not build trust with your kid. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, if anybody ever says something to you negative about someone that you really care about, it does not Very, endear you to mm-hmm. them. And But yet we do it to our kids. We say things I have said. I'll just take responsibility. I have said things like, I just don't like him. He's not good for you. He's this, this, this. And it just, it did not make my kid want to listen to Mm-mm. me. It made him want to say, there was a divide. Yes. It made him want to say, well, I'll divide. show you. Uh-huh. You know, which that's, gosh, yeah. fun days. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, and we assume, because mm-hmm. we want to assume that the other kid is the bad influence mm-hmm. When And I was going to read you a comment from, from Tim Kimmel, which I thought was great in his article, because it really, it actually just kind of like ugh, stopped me a little bit. It says, if your son or daughter tends to gravitate toward kids whose values are hostile to yours, it might be because your child's values are also hostile to yours. Now, that was really hard for me to read mm-hmm. because it's so easy for us to blame another kid when reality is our kid may be in spiritual confusion and our kid may be the one that is bringing some of that Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. know and so we just can't be too quick to point our finger and say oh it's this kid or it's this kid or this kid this where it goes back to we have got to be praying for god to bring wisdom and bring light where there's darkness to our own self Mm -hmm. and to our children Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. we have to be in prayer ask Mm -hmm. begging him to bring light Mm -hmm. where there's dark yes you know, they may be behaving recklessly, and we know it, and yeah. and we can't change it. It's hurtful to us. Um, other parents have pointed it out to us as a single mom. What are you supposed to do? You, you, just, there's, you just feel so defeated. I just want to encourage you that I understand I've been there earlier with one of my kids, um, and you just— you just you just come before a holy God that you know loves that child more than you do. In fact, the child belongs to God. I mean, it's his God's responsibility, and just just shower that child in prayer and pray for wisdom and how to deal with it. And God is faithful. God yeah. will see him through. I promise. God will see him through. Yeah. See you through. See her through. Whichever whoever child it is. And I just want to say. You know, we're not doing this parenting thing alone, which right. makes it so incredibly wonderful that someday you'll be able to look back and go, wow, uh, we got through so many seasons. And God's the one that did it. <laughs> and we live and to tell on, about it. And so we live to do a podcast about it. <laughs> yes, yes, <laughs> oh, yes, goodness. yes. Goodness. Yes, I agree. I've done so many things wrong, but I've done a few things right with mm-hmm. God's help. Yes, you with know? God's help. And I'm, and I'm, I'm still for sure learning. But, you know, I find myself more and more just saying, hey, this is just part of his story. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, like God is writing his story with my kid, and I don't know what the next chapter looks mm-hmm. like. But as it depends on me, all I can do is just is just beg God for wisdom mm-hmm. to know how to do it because it is hard. I, moms, I know it. It's, it's so hard. Uh, the, you know, the final couple of things I would say is get Christian counseling if, you're, if your teen needs professional yes. help. Mm-hmm. Hey, there was once when I um, – signed a particular child of mine up for counseling and he went 
And then, as it turns out, I ended up taking the next two sessions for myself (laughs) because I thought, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's really me. And it was so helpful. Mm -hmm. Maybe you need counseling. I mean, just find somebody who can sit with you and give you objective thoughts on this and ask you the right questions Mm -hmm. because it really it really did change I mean I came home thinking okay try that again you know I mean like it it just was so good so freeing Mm -hmm. and then the final thing I would say if your child is facing a situation that's potentially dangerous or you're super worried about it intervene if it's unrecoverable yes one of my very best friends you know she says I try to I try to only intervene if it's unrecoverable and I ask myself this question like is the situation or the decision he's making can he recover from that? And if he can, a lot of times I let life just happen. Happen, <clears throat> And if he can't, that's when I step in. So so those might be some questions you need to ask yourself also. So we – I wish we had more time, mm-hmm. but we are, we are out of time. Again, we would love to hear from you um, if this podcast was um, helpful in particular or if you have questions about it. We probably don't know – I know we don't know all the answers, but we could certainly work to find those. Because navigating the world of your child's friendships, it can be tricky. And, and we just want to help you establish boundaries and accountability without controlling them because that never works. That is never the goal to control our kids, although I have tried. I am the master of having tried to control some children. So my advice to young moms is to actively help them while they're young and equip them with skills they can use later because um, we have to learn to live in the natural tension of parent-child relationships because there's always tension there. But we can do it by coming alongside them, praying for them, trusting God to work out his purpose in each of them. So, um, Pam, if you're okay with this, I'll just close in prayer. Please do. And we'll just, um, when we finish, we'll just be done. But we do wish you all a great week. And um, we're just praying for you as you parent these kids because it's it's not easy, but it's worth the hard work. Mm -hmm. So let's pray. Father, we love you, and we thank you, and we praise you for your goodness and your faithfulness and your mercy to us. Father, as we try to parent these little people that you've given us, just sinners parenting sinners is what this is. I pray for these moms that you would give them divine wisdom, that they would have your mind, and they would know how, you know, like what next steps to take and how to train their kids toward godly friendships and just empower them and equip them with skills that help them build good friendships. And I pray for the mom specifically who feels like she's in over her head, maybe with teenagers and their friends, that you would bring light where there's darkness for her and for her child, and that you would um, open up opportunities for her to ask great questions and that you would teach her how to listen well. We know that there's always going to be a parent-child tension at some point, and I just pray for the moms that are listening that they can just settle into that and trust you with all the things that they don't understand. Father, we ask that you'd fill the gaps that we leave every day as moms and that you would just be who we so desperately need you to be. So we thank you, and we honor you, and we praise you in the name of Jesus, our Redeemer. Amen. Thank you for listening to an Equip podcast. To find out more about Arise Ministries or resources offered for single moms, visit www.ariseministries.net.